Good morning, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ and all other lovely, wonderful people that have decided to come over here and join us. It's been a minute. Uh, I've been a little bit sick and uh, I'm going through a lot in my personal life and lots going on drawing me away from God and my podcast and my study time and everything. So I'm feeling a bit lost today and I'm just feeling the need to just draw back near to my father, you know, and there's just so much that has been happening, and today I want to talk about God's covenants, right? Because a lot of people don't understand the Old Testament, it's there to study and everything, but the New Testament brought a new covenant, so in the Bible... God God makes covenants with his people, right? And each time it's different. And I think it's important to understand uh, understand these things because of what's coming. You know, I think it's really important. I watched something this morning um, of how the how the Pope, the current standing Pope or sitting, whatever the heck they call them, is saying that it is dangerous to think that you can have a relationship with the Lord Jesus outside of the mediation of the church, which is a lie from the pit of hell. We are the church. Do you see how they try to keep people under their own control, right? Because the Catholic church is a money, money machine, right? They have the most beautiful parishioners, the most beautiful believers in that, in that faith. And it's sad because They don't read their Bible themselves. They don't go to the source, right? They go to the Pope. They go to their fathers. They go to these people that don't even have good intentions for them. If they did, they would be turning them to Christ themselves. It is important to understand the power of Jesus, even in his name, for the times that are coming. And I say that because... You know, there's been people that have battled some seriously demonic things that have called on the name of their Lord, and it has stopped. Now, other people have tried the same thing, and nothing has happened. I I do believe that a relationship is important. It's important to sharpen your relationship with the Lord because of the things that are going to come. You know, you want to be able to know that He has you in His palm. And you can't know that... Just by reading it somewhere, you have to you have to talk to him. You have to let Holy Spirit guide you through the word. You have to spend time with him. Meditate on his word. Let him talk to you. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. It's really hard to turn down the noise around you and to really spend time with God. I'm, I've been having a really, really hard time. For so many reasons. And if you guys would just lift me up in prayer. Lift me up in prayer that the chaos around me would just stop. That I'd be able to focus, refocus back on my my ministry and my walk with God. Because it's all that matters to me. And since it's all that matters to me, there's so much flying around me. I've been really feeling like this isn't the place for me now. Maybe I need to move to somewhere else, you know, that I've never been. I've just been feeling really 
defeated, beloved, and we're going to go through it because times are getting darker. It's going to increase. Nothing's going to get better. So if that's your hope that things are going to get better and mankind is going to wake up and no, beloved, I, I think you need to start reading the book of Revelation. And it's not to scare you. It, it should it should make you happy. It's a message of hope. And I believe that a lot of people that have not even given the New Testament a thought, right? They have no idea what's coming or the glorious promises that come along with it. So today I wanted to focus on the covenant, the promises of God to his people. And then maybe we'll start concentrating on the book of Revelation and everything in it that people don't read, right? Because there's people, there's things coming upon us that are biblical and it's right there in front of us, but we're so distracted, right? We're so distracted by this world. This world is disgusting. It's disgusting. All they do is push sex on everything, even small children now. You can't even, man, there's hate everywhere. It's just crazy, but we're going to go ahead and listen um, for a few moments. It's not a very long thing. I just wanted you guys to have an understanding of the covenants, the different covenants, what they meant, the fruit that came from them, so we can understand what God means when he makes a covenant with his people, because we are in the age of grace. We're in the church age, and we are almost at the e- the end of the dispensation of grace. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I just implore you to start listening. If you are still on the fence about your belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's on purpose. And I just implore you to go back to the the beginning of my podcast. Go listen to the conspiracies. That's what started me. God woke me up by having me dive down rabbit holes, by exposing Hollywood to me and what the industries were. And I was in the beauty industry. Before that, I was in the like an underground music scene. And the underground music scene woke me up to some things, as well as the beauty industry. And uh, it really started waking me up to everything and how everything was designed to basically keep us distracted and so that we wouldn't find out the truth and so that it would come upon us, right? Like a thief in the night. Anyways, beloved, grab some coffee. Got about eight minutes and just, you know, really ponder today. I really want you to draw near to God and ask him, to show you how to build and strengthen your relationship with the Lord Jesus for things to come upon you. You're going to want to be able to call on his name. And you're going to want to be able to call on his name with that complete faith that he hears you and that he will show up because he never leaves you nor forsakes you. I pray that God opens your eyes and ears to receive the message that he has for you today. And I pray that... It helps to strengthen your walk with God today. Here we go. Do you know what a covenant is? A covenant is a contract or an agreement. In the Bible, covenants are made between God and his people. There are eight covenants in the Bible. Understanding these covenants is the key to understanding the entire meta-narrative of God's purposes and ultimate will for his people. Let's take a look. The Edenic Covenant. 
The key word here is the word rule. In Genesis 2.15, right after God had created man, he put him in the garden and told him to care for it. From the very beginning, God's eternal purpose for man was to rule and enjoy him forever. Psalm 8 says, You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. David was saying, You've made something from nothing. You're powerful. And you've made man ruler over your creation to show your glory. But man rebelled and forsook his position. We all know the story. Adam ate from the tree that God told him not to eat and brought sin into the world. Let me pause this, brothers and sisters. So the original thing, the original lie Satan told us, right, was that, oh, we're not going to die. He just doesn't want you to be like him. God just doesn't want you to be like God, right? So the original lie in in the garden to mankind was, if you do this, you'll be like God, right? Oh, no, you're like God. And that's the same lie that they're pushing on people now, telling you that you're gods, that you're little G gods, that that you're born of a God, so you are a God. Like, there's a lot of new age stuff being pushed, and if you don't, if you're not familiar with it, you're going to fall for it. So be very careful with who you're listening to. Listen to the words. Don't be so quick to sign up for a belief system of things you don't understand. The penalty for sin was death because God would not let man live eternally in his sin. So man lost it. We will need a second Adam to reclaim God's original purpose for man to rule, but only after he redeems man from his sin, which brings us to the next covenant. Number two is the Adamic covenant. The chief word here is the word redemption. So because of Adam's sin, God curses man, animals, and the earth so it will yearn for his redemption. So immediately after sin occurs, God tells us how he will deal with it. Genesis 3.15, God reveals his unconditional covenant and his curse upon the serpent by saying, I will put enmity between you and your seed, meaning Satan, and the woman's seed, meaning Jesus. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Satan will inflict minor damage on Christ through crucifixion. Let me pause that another time, brothers and sisters. So did did you catch that? I would put enmity between you and her, the woman's seed. Do you see that? The woman's seed. Now, Satan knew in the garden that women don't carry seed. We don't have a seed, right? So Satan knew when God said that to him in the garden that, that there was going to be a birth that did not require... Uh, a male and a female together, but it was going to be supernatural. That's how Satan, that's how how much smarter he is than us. He is clever. And the minute you forget that is the minute he starts to take you over. You have to remember how smart he is. You have to remember that he knows how to manipulate and maneuver words around you and situations. And you have to be smart so that Yeah, the original lie in the garden was that you'll be like gods, right? And then then, um, Satan also knew in the garden that God was going to create a birth supernaturally that with the seed of a woman that didn't exist. So that's how he knew. And that's how he was able to come up with all of these uh, child mother worship before Jesus was born, Semiramis and Ishtar and all these other cultural names that they have. It's all mother-child worship. Why? To draw from the worship of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's continue. 
But Christ will inflict major damage on Satan by defeating the curse of death. Jesus is the only one who can accomplish this because he will be born of the Holy Spirit, incarnated, going around the curse, born without man's sin. As time went on, man's newfound sin deteriorated into a sick and depraved wasteland of evil until every intent and thought on his heart was wicked. And God said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And that took place in Genesis 6, verse 7. Number three is called the Noahic Covenant. The key word here is the word restraint. This covenant shows an attribute of God that we can be grateful for, and that is his restraint. For instead of blotting out the entire human race, he preserved Noah and all the animals in the ark and restrained his wrath, partly because of his mercy, but also partly because of his covenants, which he cannot change. Then in Genesis 8:21, God makes a covenant that he will never again destroy all living creatures and gave Noah and the earth the rainbow as a sign of that covenant promise. But man would soon turn back to sin in an effort to make a name for himself at the Tower of Babel, where we see the introduction of other gods. So God scattered them among the nations to begin a new nation for himself. And that's how our fourth covenant is called the Abraham. Let me pause that. That's how the language is changed, right? The Bible has an answer for everything. You want to know why we all speak a different language? You want to know why the sky is blue? You want to know what, what the stars are? Anything. Read your Bible. Read scripture, beloved. He has so many wonderful stories for you that will show you the truth. Just uh, And all you need is Holy Spirit to help you gain understanding. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care if you went to college for 18 years. If you don't have Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand Scripture. It's that simple. This is something that's supernatural. Only God can assist you. Only Holy Spirit can assist you in understanding. Let's continue. Sorry, I can't help it. I just get excited and I have to pause it to speak. I don't even have a plan here, beloved. I just, I let the Spirit guide me. <laughs> Let's continue. Abrahamic covenant. The key word here is the word restore. In Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3, God chooses one man through whom he will restore his people to himself, Abraham. And in that covenant, God promises him three things. In verse 1, he promises him land. In verse 2, he promises him a people. And in verse 3, he promises him blessing. The land was Israel. The people were the Jews. And the blessing is they will be the touchstone of God towards all the people of every nation to know of him through them. Let me pause that again, beloved, because right now in in Israel, they're uh, making an attempt to divide God's land. And I don't know if you know anything about that, but way back to the to Abraham, where he promised that land to Abraham and his descendants. Uh, this is God's land. So um, there's a lot of talk right now in Israel about the Abrahamic Accords um, or the Abraham Accords and, and dividing the land. And the, there's things that will happen if they do that. So I just wanted to bring that up. Like you guys should be paying attention to Israel. Israel is God's timepiece. Pay attention to what's going on there. There is an actual timepiece from beginning to end. You should know that, that that we are in season. We are in season, right? You don't know the day or the hour, but we are in the season, beloved. 
Let's continue. To bless those who bless you and to curse those who curse you. And God made good on his promise too, because as the nation grew greatly, Egypt enslaved them and God saw their affliction and cursed Egypt greatly through Moses and brought them safely out in the Exodus. Our fifth covenant is called the Mosaic Covenant. Key word here is the word reveal. Now that Israel had grown into a great multitude of people, God brought them to Mount Sinai to make a covenant. This covenant was to serve as a temporary supervisor, teaching the righteous standards of God and reveal man's sin until the coming of Christ. And tells Israel in verse 1, have no other gods. Verse 2, keep the Sabbath. Verse 3, keep his laws and commandments. So while the first four covenants were only up to God, the Mosaic covenant has conditions for man. And through those conditions, man will have his sin revealed and he will see the need for a sacrifice. The Mosaic Covenant was temporary until Christ fulfilled every requirement of it, living perfectly and dying as the perfect sacrifice for the sins of all who believed. The six Let me pause that again, beloved, because that's where it's at. So you have millions of people that have never picked up the New Testament, right? Because they want to say that it wasn't written, it wasn't inspired, it's not God's Word inspired, but it absolutely is you better consider the source. You want to say, you know, people wrote it that weren't walking with God. That's an absolute lie. The New Testament, all the information could be found in the Old Testament and vice versa. It's hidden within each other. And that's our God. He is capable. So the New Covenant, the New Covenant, right, that Jesus created when he came, that's what you need to know. You need to know the New Covenant with man. Let's continue. This covenant is called the Palestinian Covenant. Its key word is return. Well, the old guys died and the young guys forgot the Mosaic Covenant and didn't keep God's laws. So in Deuteronomy 29, God tells them that they will not keep his covenant. And in Deuteronomy 30, verse 2 and 3, he tells them, come back to me. Because when they do, and verse 4 and 5 reminds them of what God promised in the Abrahamic Covenant, land seed and blessing in verse 6 something more a new heart which hasn't happened yet until Christ returns and gathers them to a new land the seventh covenant is called the Davidic covenant and the key word here is the word reign after 500 years of judges chaotically administering God's law God appointed a king named David King David loved the Lord with all of his heart and in 2nd Samuel 7 12 through 16 God makes a covenant with David that he will give David's son Solomon three things. Number one, a throne. Number two, a house. And number three, a kingdom forever. After David died, Solomon received the benefit of this covenant with the most prosperous kingdom in Israel's history. But the covenant promise was forever, and Solomon eventually died. So this covenant had a second meaning, to reveal David's greater son of another nature, Jesus Christ, who would be from David's royal line 490 years later. Amen. The eighth covenant was called the New Covenant. Key word here is the word regenerate. After David and after many evil kings in Israel and Judah, God sends Israel into exile under Babylon. But before he does, <coughs> he promises them in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 27 through verse 34, 
that he will bring them back one day and give them, and God invents a term here, he will give them a new covenant. In verse 32, Amen. God says they have been like babies needing their hand held. But in verse 33, one day they will be sons with new hearts. Like a Jewish boy going through bar mitzvah becoming a man. This is Israel's bar mitzvah. The law was for babies teaching them about their sin. Grace is for sons of God, with the law written on their hearts. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It hasn't happened to Israel yet, but Jesus spoke of this new covenant at the Last Supper for the church as we were grafted in. So, we got their king and their covenant. And in verse 34, God will forgive everything they've done. The Christian's purpose doesn't cast aside Israel but makes Israel jealous until the second coming of Jesus when all the covenants will be fulfilled and God's purpose from the very beginning for his children to rule and enjoy him forever will be accomplished once and for all. And what do you guys think about that? Have you guys ever really gone through the covenants of God or even the Old Testament to see how he provided for his people and how he kept his promises and how they kept just letting him down and he, he just never gave up on them. <laughs> you know, it, it's important to understand the covenants to know what time we're in, beloved. And I was sitting here this morning just talking to God, asking him, what should I show you guys? What can I share with somebody to help open their hearts? to the Lord Jesus today and that's where he led me and I don't know when, when there's so much going on around me I have a hard time pulling away but we have to beloved we have to make time for God we have to make time to pray we have to make time to meditate on his word there are a lot of things happening and they're going to continue and it's important to know what's coming so that you won't be afraid, right? Jesus is with you. He can do all things, right? The Lord can do anything. God can provide anything. He could provide manna in the wilderness for 400,000 people. He could provide whatever you need today. And today I'm going to challenge you, brothers and sisters, to let go of your habits to let go of whatever's hindering your walk with God, whether it's cigarettes, weed, drinking, gossip, right? Putting family members above your time with God, not seeking Him, not talking to Him. I, I implore you to do it. Talk to Him today. Ask the Lord to come into your life, to be the main part of it. Ask Him to show up every morning and remind you of how much He loves you. And to walk with you throughout the day and keep you walking straight. We are to grow the kingdom, beloved. You were not saved to be quiet. You were saved to use your voice to tell others what Jesus did for you. What's the point of being saved if you don't tell anyone about it? What does Jesus do for you? He gives you a heart of flesh. He takes away that heart of stone, that selfish that selfish nature that has you saying, oh, YOLO, it's all about me, 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 right? He takes that away from you. He helps you to forgive things people aren't even sorry for doing to you. He helps you. 
Would you give him a chance today, beloved, to come into your heart, into your life, and be the Lord of your life? Ask him in today. He is a gentleman. He will not bombard you. He will not force his way in, but you have to invite him willingly and wholeheartedly. The things written are coming to fruition. I implore you to study. I think I think that it's important to start studying the book of Revelation, so maybe that'll be our focus from here on out. I pray that you guys have all you need. I pray that you're surrounded by people that uplift you and love you just the way you are and encourage you to be better. I pray that you're forgiving people quickly for, for anything and everything so that you are forgiven. I pray that you're doing some self-reflecting and asking for forgiveness for things that you've forgotten about doing. I pray that Holy Spirit reveals himself to you today and helps you walk straight. And I pray that you help grow the kingdom today, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ. We are in times that require your attention. God bless you guys with open eyes and open ears. God bless you abundantly. God bless you and keep you. May he provide a hedge of protection around you and your loved ones today and every day until the Lord Jesus comes back for us. Amen and amen. I love you guys. Until next time.